The premier of said province of British Columbia came out just yesterday with a multi-billion dollar four-point housing plan that was aimed at cracking down on the soaring real estate prices and construction and he wanted more rental units and it was a pretty big plan and then just a day later there is a forum, a Housing BC Together program which brings a lot of the different mayors from across the province and the leader of the opposition, the Liberal Party who is kind enough to join me now as, uh, yeah, Kevin Falcon kind enough to be here on CKNW. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. Great to be on. Well, thank you for making time for me. I know that you've been running around today uh, doing a whole bunch of different things. But first and foremost, before I get into the thoughts of today, what were your first thoughts uh, when you heard this four-pillar plan that uh, Minister Eby came forward with yesterday? Well, I think the first thing we have to recognize is the context. So this is an NDP government that uh, ran for office, got elected in 2017 with two key promises. One, They were going to make housing more affordable in B.C. Number two, the government, if you can believe this, government was going to build 114,000 affordable homes within 10 years. Now, here we are, six years. They're in their second term, six years into government. And what do we have? We've got the highest housing prices now in North America, third highest on the planet. And we've got the highest rents, average rents in Canada, right here in B.C. And... The 114,000 affordable homes they said they were going to build within 10 years were in year six. They've built a fraction of them. In fact, 16,000. And that's if we're being generous in the numbers. And the announcement that the premier made the other day, you know, frankly, it's just another announcement. Now they're saying ignore the old plan, which was a total policy failure. And here's our new ideas that we think are going to fix things. And I think the big problem, Rob, is that, you know, so little of the NDP actually come from private sector backgrounds and actually know what it takes to actually build housing. And it's not going to be government that gets it done. It's going to be the not-for-profit and the private sector that's going to get the housing built. We just need government that understands how to make that happen. I think one of the things that caught me by surprise as a guy that has bought a pre-sale home before is finding out that the NDP want more money. We were talking about this last hour in the fact that if I bought a pre-sale for let's just say a million dollars but now it appraises at 1.2 I've got to pay the the taxes on the 1.2 as opposed to the original 1 million. That's four, five, six, seven thousand dollars in additional property transfer tax that I have to pay because of the government. That strikes a chord with me because as a guy that is you know wanting to get a good start and make things happen, all of a sudden I've got to dig into my pockets for thousands of more dollars. Well, this is, uh, you've raised a very, very important point. You know, when they, when they got elected uh, in 2017, the first budget that came out with introduced a whole blizzard of new taxes onto housing and new regulatory uh, requirements that they were imposing on the housing sector. And they focused entirely on what, what I call the demand side of the equation, but they forgot about the supply side. You know, when I retired from public life in 2013, you could buy a townhome in, in Surrey for $400,000. Today, million dollars, right? That's a public policy failure. And just adding more costs and extracting more money out of the people that are trying to get into the housing market or into the rental market is not going to be the way to go. And this is you know, this is the fundamental disconnect, I think, that this government has. Now they're offering up these new ideas that I also think are problematic. And if we have time, we can talk about those, too. Well, I've got all the time in the world to talk about those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, talk, let's talk then about their idea that they now want to make every single single-family neighborhood in the province uh, now, uh, are, you know, able to upzone automatically without any input from the local governments. Uh, that they're now going to allow up to four units of housing on every single family lot. Well, here's the problem. Number one, 
Think about this for a second. That means that a lot of neighbourhoods that have no transit or very little transit are now going to suddenly have all these new homes built and all those folks are going to have to now buy cars to get around because there's no access to transit. Second thing you got to think about is if you take a street that, say, has 10 homes and suddenly you upgrade you got 40 homes, now you're going to have, what about the cost of upgrading all the sewer, the water, the power? None of that's been thought about, but somebody's got to pay for that. Who is that? Municipality? Is it the, the, the end buyer? Is it the province? Um, and here's the other thing, just basic stuff. It doesn't align with what the federal government's trying to do. So they've got a program with CMHC, for example, that says we'll provide developers low-cost financing to build affordable housing. Great. The problem is it's got to be five units or more. So here they are saying they're going to up zone to four units, and it's not even going to meet the federal, another level of government uh, requirement in terms of getting housing. So I think the problem is we've got people that have the best of intentions but don't understand the market. I was in the housing business. We built more housing in the company I was at than the entire province of British Columbia over the same period of time. So I think it's important that we know that we have people there that know how to get things built and how to get that supply we desperately need. Mr. Falcon, we started the show with a conversation about a memo that allegedly came out from the city of Vancouver just a couple of days ago with regards to a, a real quick sweep from the VPD just efforting to try and get all these people that are living down in Tent City and the Maine and Hastings area out of here. Obviously, it was faced with abrupt, uh, you know, backlash, for lack of a better phrase. What do we do here? I mean, we've been talking about this for a couple of years. I mean, obviously, we've got to place these citizens somewhere. How do we finally address that downtown core? Okay, well, first of all, I I think it is really important that we look at this challenge with very clear eyes. And I think we have to understand that the reason these tent cities exist to a large degree is because it's a lot easier for the drug dealers to access their clientele when they're all in one area. You've got to stop pretending this is just about housing. It's also about drug dealing. And, uh, you know, frankly, we've got to make sure I've said that we're going to the BC Liberals brought out a mental health and addiction policy we call better as possible. It's got two elements. I call it compassion and consequences. Compassion for those that are genuinely struggling with severe mental health. And for those, we would build modernized, upgraded Riverview type facilities to ensure that they are brought off the street and put into 24-7 care where they can be properly looked after and stabilized with proper psychiatric and medical support. And the other part of that is consequences. And that means that the repeat violent offenders that that David Eby as Attorney General for five and a half years oversaw a a catch and release system that continues to this day where people are arrested, they're released back into the streets often the same day, is failed community. And we're going to have consequences and make sure that those folks that think they can engage in that kind of criminal behavior are going to feel the consequences. We're going to back up the police with resources. And we're going to make sure that the Crown prosecutors hold people in jail that should not be released. Community safety comes before the rights of an individual to go out and reoffend. But where, where would we put them? Uh, well, for starters, the, the, those with severe mental health issues will uh, put in the new modernized, upgraded Riverview-type facilities that I talked about. Mm. In our plan, we said we're going to triple the, uh, the Redfish facility that was started by the BC Liberals out at Riverview from 105 beds to over 300. We will also have facilities on the island in the different regions of the province, the Kootenays, the north, and the interior. Then we're going to have addiction treatment facilities where we're going to focus on helping people get off their addiction. That is going to be the primary um, um, effort and goal of a a government led by Kevin Falcon. I'm not this idea that publicly supplied addictive drugs is the entire focus of this NDP government and decriminalizing Hard drugs like you know methamphetamine, heroin, cocaine, et cetera, is going to somehow get us to a better place, I think is a big mistake. 
We've got to focus on treatment and recovery as being our primary objective, uh, well recognizing that, you know, folks that need help, uh, we're going to make sure it's there for them. All right. I thank you for your thoughts today. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We'll hear from the general public. But your time was valuable for me today, and it was uh, a pleasure to talk. No problem. Great having you uh, uh, do the show, uh, Rob. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Kevin Falcon, leader of the B.C. Liberal Party.